Hey, brother. Hola, mi, mi amor. What that was, was that? Love. That was love, actually, but whatever. Mi hermano. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 6 of Match Wits. I'm your host, Steve, alongside my younger brother, Chris. That's me. And my daughter, Maya. Hi. Say hi, Maya. Hi. Hi, Maya. Hello, Maya. Hello, Maya. <laughs> This is a special edition of Match Wits. It's the second time we've had a uh, uh, another member of the Wit family. Before, uh, for the Father's Day edition, we had our uh, Chris and I's father on. And today we have my daughter, Maya, and Chris's niece uh, on the call to talk about, or on the podcast to talk about, uh, to talk about villains. But before we Yay. get into that, it, uh, if you're new to the Match Wits, where this is a nostalgia-infused pop culture podcast where we go around and around on a number of different topics. Typically, I'm the nostalgia because I'm old, and, and Chris is the pop culture because he's nerdy. So for, <laughs> for this episode, uh, and this I, this is my, this might have been your request to, to talk about... I uh, just said one day that, <laughs> hey, you should get me on to talk about villains because I like villains. And you're like, next week, we're doing it. I was like, <laughs> hey, why wait? You know, it, uh, it's, it, why not just jump right into it, right? So... Dude, uh, Maya, did you have to do a paper or something on it for school? Is that what oh, Steve said? Um, in psychology, we were meant to do a paper on like a famous individual that did something really weird. Okay. And he said, or you can do fictional characters if you didn't like know anybody. <laughs> and um, so my whole table group, we did um, anime characters. So... Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's why. That's why it's fresh in your mind. All right. So yeah. we, I think, before we even delve into the villain topic, we need to set some parameters because you okay. brought it up before uh, an earlier podcast to Steve about the animal in Jaws wasn't the villain because it's an animal. It, it doesn't know. That's what it I mean. Wasn't. All right. So that right off the bat, I think we eliminate all monsters, creatures, and or animals. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, Unless so they're no, like humanoid animals with a conscience. No, okay. All right, so, but that's one of the parameters. So no alien from, no xenomorph from alien, no predator, no Cloverfield monster, no Godzilla. All those are gone, Steve. Yes. We're, set, we're setting the ground rules right away. That, okay, that, that, that's fine. I mean, technically, though, if you look at villainy as a whole, as a practice, I mean, you've got different archetypes, be, the beast concept being a big one over the sure. years. But we can, we can, for the purposes of this podcast, we can eliminate it for sure. It, it becomes too vague. It becomes too big and too much to talk about in an hour. Like, we would have to do a lot of time on what different kinds of villains there are. So, like, for this, for this purpose, I said no creatures or animals or monsters. Movies only. Long-form television is extremely difficult because of shifting character arcs and motivations certain acts can seem villainous to the viewer but it's not actually a true villain because so no br- shows yeah i brought this up to a friend of mine and he brought up tywin lannister not Tyrion, tywin's dad the the dad from and it, he's not a villain he's villainous he does villainous things but his character arc and his motivations change as the show goes on so saying he's the villain it was unfair so that's why i said no long form television this is movies we're eliminating anime as well. Why? Okay. That, okay. Wait. Is a, <laughs> wait a second here. Wait. Okay. Okay. Just slide that in there. Why? Why? What? No, okay. we can't. We're not. We're not going to eliminate anime. That's no, like, particularly if it's the subject of Maya's paper <laughs> and how she defined what villainy is and the concept of villains and anti and antiheroes and all that. So I, that's not what villains. my paper was about. But okay. <laughs> and antiheroes and villains are two different things, Steve. Yeah, wildly different, wildly okay. different. But things. the but the purpose. So let's just start there. And with before we wax intellectual or <laughs> philosophical about villains in their in their purpose, like let's just boil it down to its simplest definition. Like, and because we're talking about movies, or in, in at least in, in more popular culture, media, you know, movies, anime, whatever, but not long form television, obviously. Um, is that they serve a purpose to be what the the hero of the story is is working against, mm-hmm. right? So it's typically the person that, again, it's they, they personify. Oh, that's my phone. <laughs> my bad. I forgot to turn my phone off. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, they're they're playing they're playing off they're playing opposite the hero, right? That's typically a quick summation without again without waxing too philosophical. Please. Add anything you want to that, Chris, but that's kind of what we're talking about, right? Well, you're, okay, so we're talking about oh, the antagonist 
of the story. Because that, that for me, those are not necessarily the two different, or not necessarily the same thing, if that makes sense. Villains, to me, have always been the person whose motivations are clearly evil versus the antagonist is just the person that's going against your hero. You know what I mean? Like, the, the idea of Johnny from Karate Kid as the villain of that story, but he's not truly a villain in, the, in, the, in that archetype, not the same way Hans Gruber from Die Hard is or the Joker is from the Batman series. Do you, you know what I mean? So those are two, like, that's me super nerding out about the an analysis of film. Like, there's a difference between an antagonist and a villain for me. Yeah, but, yeah. oh, go ahead, Maya. I think you Sorry. were going to say something. Um, yeah, go ahead. Like, I'm trying to think about it, but an an if you say an antagonist is somebody who goes against the hero and is not, like, what defines a villainous action? Is it, like, killing somebody? Is it robbing True. a bank? Is it, what is that? And if it's going against the, or the, going against the protagonist, then can't, like, all actions be perceived as villainy or, um, good hero Her stuff? Heroic. Yes. Like, what yes. if you wrote a story from the villain's perspective? Would the hero's actions be considered villainous? Yes. 100% yes. <laughs> like, the, that's, the, that's the beauty of storytelling. It's what angle, you, what perspective you're telling the story from. Because if you tell it from a different perspective, it becomes a different story. The motivations behind the character's decisions change because you have more information about why those decisions were made. Mm -hmm. so, right. Which, but that's, but case, that's case in story. point, Chris, though, is The Boys. And Maya hasn't seen The Boys. At least I hope she's you not. You told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's, what, you're 15? Yeah. 14 about to be. No. You, you had been showing me hard R movies for four years at this point. <laughs> you're my Steve, younger brother. Maya's my daughter. It's different. That's different understood, things. but she's a smart... <laughs> it doesn't matter, Steve. Like, she's a smart girl. Like, you... The, the, it, she can differentiate between those. Like, right, as long as enough. you have, have those conversations. Steve, 11. 11 years old. Are we, like, we going to go back to They Live? Are we going yes. back to They Live no, at we're 11? Going back to Evil Dead 2. <laughs> mm. That's what we're going Didn't back to. Didn't we have that, that was... poster in our basement? Mm hmm. Probably. Yes, we did. Oh, that one. Yeah. That was, that was the first R rated movie Sam I ever saw at 11 oh, years awesome. old that your, your father showed me when I was 11 years old. That's two years younger than Charlie, your youngest son. Yes, I got it. <laughs> All right, so, but is it fair? Because you guys were both right. And again, we don't, we, I said we're not going to get super deep into what villainy is. But I think the thing that, <laughs> I think the thing that sums up the purpose, like if you go back in time, what villainy, like the idea of a villain in storytelling was somebody who displayed, and, and, and maybe in a time where it was more black and white, immoral behavior. Sure. Right. Yeah. Where they were clearly, to your point, coming at it from an evil perspective or they were nefarious or, they, again, they had a, a kind of an immoral take on, on what they were doing. We always use the term joyful malice. For, for me, it was always when the, the actual antagonist of the story truly loved doing the nefarious things that he liked to do. Those, for me, always resonated more as villains, like ones that actually enjoyed being the villain. Maya, you probably never saw a movie called Demolition Man, Steve, but you have. And Wesley Snipes in that movie plays a character named Simon Phoenix, and Simon Phoenix just loves causing havoc. Like, that's just, he it truly enjoys it. He's laughing and smiling through the, through the carnage and the murder and all of the horrible things that he's doing. And that, for me, was always not necessarily a defining characteristic, but one of the things that added to that villain's persona. Like the Joker. Yeah, yep. I think I yeah. agree with you on that. The Joker enjoys just causing problems and, and, and putting people in moral dilemmas and, and, and physical physical problems. Like that they enjoy that. That for me always makes my villains like those people are elevated to the top echelon when I talk about my favorite villains of all time. Right. And talking about the Joker, um, I haven't read it completely, but there's the one story or one arc called Killing Joke, where it's yeah. all from like trying to explain why the Joker did the things he did and if exactly. it was like moral or not. But I haven't read it. I just read an article about reading it. Anyway, um, <laughs> that DC, doesn't count. 
DC just came out with an animated version of it. It wasn't very really? good. It's not as good as the the graphic novel. You should. There's a bunch. If you want to really start delving into that kind of stuff, read that. Read the Long Halloween. Uh, I'll give you a couple other ones of stuff like that, where it's it it takes the villain and and shows their perspectives, so you understand why they make the decisions yeah. that they do. Well, see the whole like why like. I've loved villains for a really long time, just because. <laughs> but also, I've started really getting into it now because I'm going to anime. All right, I'm already, I'm already going off the path. But I'm going to anime. <laughs> there's, <enough>. there's, a, <laughs> there's a thing I'm watching, reading right now called My Hero Academia, and it's been complete. It's like this black and white. These are their heroes. These are the villains. They actually call them heroes and villains, and they're fighting. That's what they do. They fight all the time. But like recently, um, the creator did an arc that is criticizing Killing Joke for its message. And it's called My Villain Academia, and it's the whole story behind all the villains in the series. And it's really cool. That's what got me like thinking about, just like thinking harder than I usually do about sure. villains and the consequences and stuff. And like people have been like, oh, now, that's why I read the Killing Joke article. It's because article. it was... The article. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a essay... <laughs> meta thing, whatever it was. But it was comparing um, like malicious intent and like, what, what was the phrase you used? The, um, joyful malice. Joyful malice. Yeah. Like, in, but like, what about what happened before they were villains and what happened and why and how and if they're like What's traumatized as a yeah. child, are they like redeemable and stuff like that so sure yeah. but that steve what have i always said that great art should do it should motivate you to a feeling and your feeling of the curiosity of finding the the backstory of these villains and seeing it from their perspective is what great storytelling should do it should motivate you to do something after it's over and yes and, it, and if you look at pop culture and you look at the allure of like you introduce a villain i'll p- like pick on darth vader like the allure of the first three movies, or, or even the the original three, like the you know uh, four, episode four, five, and six, right. was where did this guy come from? Mm-hmm. Like, how did he end up being this horrible thing? Disfigured, you know. We find out at the end and all that. Like, what's the story behind it, right? Or how did Voldemort end up the way he did? Or how did it, any of these kind of where you go back and understand how they became like the the backstory to the Joker, the backstory to anybody, which is they weren't always, though we like to believe they weren't always that way. Right. And there's an allure to it. Sure. And then I'll take this. A lot of times the, the story of the villain is more captivating than the story of the hero. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying with my hero academia. I only care about the villains in that series. The rest of the characters are boring to me. I only care about the villains. Right, because everybody knows the Boy Scout that always does the right thing in exactly. the right situation. Or can at least imagine the Captain America in that situation. But thinking about the Joker or the Agent Smith from the Matrix or any of those that are these really interesting characters, like I, I, that doesn't necessarily make you... A villainous, but I I love. I mean, all the ones that I have listed on my list are movies that I absolutely adore, where I really like the hero, but I like the villain even more. Mm. I always come back to Die Hard. I you're I don't know if you've I've ever seen, seen Die Hard. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's a great, that, great Christmas movie. Uh-huh. That, that the character of Hans Gruber is the first name that I wrote down. The first name that I've always wrote down anytime anyone has ever. Just because he enjoys being who he is, and he doesn't apologize for it. When he's when he's when he's messing with the FBI agents on the radio, when he tells about he needs his friends released from prison, and he says Asian Dawn, and the one guy just looks at him and he goes Asian Dawn, and he covers the phone up. He goes Salt on sixty minutes. <laughs> that is to me is one of those moments. And and then at the end when he's talking to talking to Mrs. McLean and she calls him a, a, an ordinary, after all of this you're just an ordinary thief and he takes offense and he turns to her and he goes I am an exceptional thief I love, <laughs> love that part and that is one of those ones that is always he's always been on the top of my list so 
the character of Hans Gruber to me has been is more interesting to John than John McClane because we've seen the grizzled detective that has a drinking problem and is estranged from his wife. We've seen that before in different iterations, but I've never seen a character like Hans Gruber or Simon Phoenix right. or or Vader. So right, and and and, and there's other like, and and doing some research for this. I mean, there's some definite categories of villains that you see. That's not always the. They come out like, even Hans Gruber comes into that kind of that power seeking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, wants to be the best villain type of thing. But there's others that are more subtle. Um, one is uh, the the traitor, right? When you're seeing the story, so um, oh, what's his name? Is it Waternoose from Monsters Inc? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's the hit. Okay. He's the hidden. He's the hidden villain until the end. Until he redeems himself as the traitor. Right, like he is, like everybody's working for him, and there's a in the in the that was it Randall. Everybody thinks Randall's a bad guy, but it's actually Mister Waternoose. I mean, that's a popular vehicle. Um, the one, but the one that's always kind of in, in, enthralled me or is interesting to me is the one where the hero and the villain share a certain backstory and point of view, but yeah, they're like but that. they're very and they're but they go about it very differently, like. Magneto to Professor Xavier, right? Mm. They 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 have a similar tied in backstory, but they have different they have different methods, and they and they're ultimately like a hero villain type of thing. Why is um, Magneto the villain? Was he the good guy? Is he the hero? Why does he have to be the other? To, you know what I mean? He it's not black and white, Steve. It's not. Just because that he disagrees with Professor X that makes him a villain. He's not necessarily wrong in any of the like just maybe the way he goes about it is questionable at best. But I don't that's see that's my problem because his motivations are never at malice. His are yes. his his motivations are justified because of what he saw in World War II and the, the preservation of himself and people like him. Well, you did say earlier that um or somebody did I can't remember if it was dad or you um that villains were immoral actions and magneto has definitely killed people and like and all that stuff so would you kill him a villain for consider him a villain for his immoral actions or just because he's not taking malice in his actions i don't he doesn't take joy in or joy what in he his does. malice yeah. He, yeah he doesn't take joy in what he does he feels that that's what i mean this is when you start getting into character motivations he believes what he's doing is correct and right and disagrees with the way that Charles is going about it. I don't necessarily make the differentiation between him being the villain to Charles's hero. They're just mm-hmm. separate approaches to how they both see a problem. Does that make sense? I, I, I know it's I know you're we're yeah. splitting hairs. No, at but this but point but, in time, but but from my standpoint, and again, we're while well, say traditionally people have defined villains is it's that immoral piece. Like the difference, there's, there's a thin line there, and and you could argue that Magneto goes over the line and he's immoral in what he does. They, it, but that there's a thin, you know the the similarities between him and, between him and Xavier are more. There's probably more thin, uh, similarities and there are differences, but that difference is the moral versus immoral. Or you could you could say same thing with Thanos, right? Like sure. Thanos has this. It's up up to the point where he crosses the line, which is the only way to solve this problem is to get rid of you know half of everything. Mm-hmm. And there are people on the online saying <laughs> Thanos did nothing wrong. And for a while, I was like, hmm, yeah, the world is pretty pretty overpopulated. Well, I'm not saying he did nothing wrong, but like his actions could be justified from a certain standpoint. But then like he's done so many things leading up to that that are very like immoral. And, like, you can't really say that for Thanos. Right. I mean, his motivations, right, to your point, Maya, his motivations maybe weren't wrong, right? He wanted to create, he wanted to be able to sit, he wanted to create a better better universe. Mm -hmm. But his actions were arguably immoral by where he's just going to take it, everybody is just going to, you know, he's going to get rid of half of the, half of the universe, so. It's interesting because there's like there, I think what we're all talking about is the same thing. Is there's this fine line between what defines a hero and what defines a villain sometimes. Sure. Sometimes, no, it- absolutely. There's a huge 
there's a huge gray area in the middle, especially when you, but like, that's why I always gravitate towards ones on the other end. The ones that there's no question that these people are the villains of the story. Like, that's yeah. why I, I gravitate towards Hans Gruber or Simon Phoenix or Joker or Agent Smith, any of those. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about their motivations, which makes me feel more comfortable when you don't have to have that morality discussion in your head while you're watching it. Like, as I'm watching, I'm like, well, Thanos isn't necessarily wrong. He yeah. wiped out half the population of the universe, but he's not necessarily... <laughs> like, I kind of want to see how humanity would rebound after we called, you know, 50% of the Earth's population. It'd be a lot more space, a lot more natural resources. And then as soon as you think that, you're like, oh my god, I'm Thanos. I'm the villain. <laughs> well, I also... Like, that's no, you can go. You can continue. That's what I mean. So, like, I like the ones that fall to the other end of the spectrum where there's no if, ands, or buts, no gray area, and nothing where I have to question my own personal motivations if I was in that situation. That's yeah. All. But also, there's been this thing going around, well, a couple, maybe a month ago, that did Thanos, like, wipe out half of humans or half of all life on all Earth? All living, all living All living things. things that wouldn't solve the problem of overpopulation. It wouldn't, like, completely get rid of, like, um, like, the hunger or the disease like he wanted to on other planets. It would just make things smaller, like, on a smaller <laughs> scale. Right. Right. So if you took away, if all, because, you know, all the plants and all the animals that we eat, if you cut those in half, too, then you're not increasing the food supply. You're not increasing anything. You're but just the- cutting everything in half. They, but they reproduce at a far greater rate than we do. Like, really, if we're going to get in the semantics of how the actual logistics of the culling would work or this <laughs> happening, like, well, nature would bounce back way faster than we would. Yeah, that's, but that's also, way faster. Yeah. Way in, faster. Mm-hmm. in science class last year, our teacher actually had us do a project on, well, not a project, but a little assignment, on if Thanos, when he snapped half the population, if it would make humanity's population smaller or it would bounce back bigger and stronger. And we did this. I can't even remember the results, but, like, Thanos was wrong. And Probably. that was the point. <laughs> Probably. Like, we're, we're inevitable. We're inevitable just the way Thanos yeah. is. Like, <laughs> right. Human, mankind is destined to destroy the planet. Like, this, that's that's the path we're on. So, okay. Maybe in the next the next time around we'll get it right. So we talked through a bunch of the big villains I had on my list. I mean, other than Snidely Whiplash, who is the personification of villain. Snidely Whiplash? See, I didn't know who he was either. And then Dad showed me a picture. I was like, oh, okay. Who, who is From Snidely? Rocky and Bullwinkle? The guy uh, that like, like that runs around with the bomb. Twirls the mustache. Twirls the mustache. I see. I, rem- I don't remember his name, but I remember he was on the Laugh Olympics, Steve. I never really watched Rocky and Bullwinkle because I thought Rocky and Bullwinkle was stupid, so I never watched it. But they were on the Really Rottens on the Laugh Olympics on the USA Cartoon <laughs> the Express. The Laugh Olympics were awesome. World's awesome. Was it the Really Rottens, the Yogi Yahooies, and the Scooby Doobies? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, was three, yeah. there was three of them. Dollar bet. Dollar bet. All right. All right. So, so this, this, is, this is way say, out of Wait, wait, wait. Before I – what we, I'm going to give you a chance to say your three. My three are the Really Rottens. That's the villains. There's the Scooby Doobies, I believe. That's the one that had Scooby and all the like the teenagers on it. And then there was the Yogi Yahooies, which had like Yogi Bear, Captain Caveman, Grape Ape, all the older Hanna Barbera stuff. The Really Rottens, Yogi Yahooies, and the Scooby Doobies. You were right. Yeah, dollar bet. I How much are you guys up to now? I don't uh, know. I, I stopped keeping track. I think I owe Chris six bucks. Six bucks. All right, so who was – okay, name me three people that were on the Really Rottens. It was that guy from – whatchamacallit, from Rocky and Bullwinkle. It was – oh, boy. Double or nothing. No. I know that was the villains from Rocky. Who were the, the, the two bad guys from Rocky and Bullwinkle? Natasha, Boris and Natasha? Boris and Natasha were yeah, on that's, No, they weren't on there. That's they weren't? Nope. Whatever. You're not going to get me. You're not going to give me. Give the dollar back, Steve. Sorry. All right. I got the name. I got the names right, but Mumbly was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So, 
<coughs> if you listeners can't tell, Maya and I are fighting like yeah. head, head colds. So there's a lot of coughing, sniffling, and you know, nose running. I'm trying not to. And and I just always sound like this. So <laughs> all right, this so is the way I sound. I prepare just to keep the keep everything kind of flowing in, in, in a frame of reference. Um, and I actually did some prep work for this week's episode. Uh, what? And I'll just throw this out to to Maya and Chris, um, and we can have a discussion about it. Like top, who's your top Disney villain? Doctor Vasilier from The Princess and the Frog. <laughs> there was no hesitation there. No, there isn't. Why? None. Why? I don't even remember The Princess and the Frog. I know we owned it. I know we used to watch it, but uh huh. Doctor Vasilier from The Princess and the Frog is the the voodoo magician, the voodoo guy who manipulated um oh okay them and turning into frogs, and he looked cool. That's why he's my favorite. <laughs> but you used to be terrified not the not the rat yet here on the podcast of Ursula, which Ursula used to freak me out. Too. I don't remember that. At all, I don't remember ever being scared. Yeah, of that's PTSD. So yeah, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> Ursula. Um, I remember I used to be afraid of the three cars from the Cars movie, like the ones that came up on um, Lightning McQueen's truck, and like let him out of the truck. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember oh, used to yeah, be terrified of that. But I don't remember being terrified of the, Ursula uh, at all. What, Lu- Luigi and the little like his. No, 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 no. The bad no. guys that at the very beginning oh. that came up and let him out of the truck. Uh huh. I thought, I was like, that is an odd thing to be scared of, of the little pit crew people that he had. Well, but. and I was afraid of Captain Hook, like, yeah. growing up. Like, okay. Captain Hook freaked me out. But I was more more scared of the ticking crocodile. Mm. That, that scared me more than Captain Hook. Yeah. The, I thought the, you were going to say you I was going to be scared of Coraline, because I remember being really terrified of Coraline. Now I love it. Coraline Damn. wasn't around when I was real, real young. And that's not really supposed to be for kids. Like, kind of is, but it's Neil Gaiman, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the giant button eyes, like, those are, it's off-putting and, and could be, it's not necessarily for children, I guess. Small children. But You showed it, w- it to me before you showed me Nightmare Before Christmas. That me? is not true. Uh-oh. That is not true. Is it? Uh, no, I, Nightmare Before Christmas, and you like that, so I was like, "Oh, you'll like Coraline." Oops. <laughs> <laughs> for listeners of this podcast, I'm not the best judge sometimes of age-appropriate <laughs> movies. Um, I've done better with my kids than I did with my younger brother. All right, I turned out fine. Well, ish. Yeah, um, like at least I'm functioning as an adult. But I would say for favorite Disney villain for me, Steve is Syndrome. Dad, Syndrome. Is I, a wait, good hold it. Time out. Time out. I have a separate category for Pixar. Wait, that's Pixar. Yeah, never mind. So I'm still Disney now because they bought it, but I have a separate whole thing that I want to go through Pixar villains. Mm-hmm. Um, other Disney villains that would be. I, I, so I'm in the Ursula is kind of my or Captain Hook as my worst Disney villains, but Scar. Scar. Scar was pretty Scar messed is up. Cool. Scar is cool. Jafar. 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 I was going to say Jafar because I loved Aladdin. Yeah, oh, yeah. You can't find Aladdin anywhere anymore. Every time I go to like a CD store or like mm. VHS or anywhere, I can't find Aladdin anywhere. It's gone. Do, I don't you know. You can where find the new one with the Fresh Prince. I don't do, want that. I want do, the original. Do you want to do you want to explain to her why that is, Steve? You can. You, you can. To, I've, I've explained it. Uh, we've had this conversation already, but oh, you've already, you've told her this. Why my my rally against don't see any of these live action knockoffs because they don't have to pay any of the original animators any royalties because if yes, even, even if they before. copied the shot exactly and the composition and everything, they know they owe no royalties to any of the original artists. That's upsetting to me. So I yeah. will, I'll try to avoid it. And don't don't try to tell me that the new Lion King is friggin' not CGI because I'm pretty sure animals don't friggin' talk. <coughs> yeah, the CGI in the new Lion King was really unexpressive. Yeah. And from what I've heard, I've never seen it. Yeah, agreed. I haven't seen it either, just solely because I think what they're doing is kind of lousy. So, yeah. Hmm. What about Cru- Cruella Deville? Yeah. yeah, like how can I she not be doing? She wants to murder dogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anybody who wants to murder a hundred and one dogs is a, is truly a villain. And but exactly. like you can't you can't side with her. There's no questioning the motivations of I don't care what happened to her as a child that she wants to murder a hundred and one dogs. Yeah, you got to be a special type of evil to <laughs> want to kill a bunch of kill a bunch of puppies. Right. Um, and Maleficent, Melissa, Maleficent. Have Maleficent. you seen the Maleficent movie? No. The, oh, it's like one of my. I totally forgot about it until like a week ago. But it's really good. It explains Maleficent's backstory-ish, and it's really good. Okay, That's why so I like one, it. 
I'm a 40 year old man and I have a four <laughs> four year old son. Like that's not really the type of movie my no, son's into. No, but it was a good movie. Right <laughs> sure, but when I when I get a chance to watch a movie without Brody, like, I'm not going to put <laughs> Maleficent's <laughs> not on that. Yeah, like I still haven't watched the new Godzilla movie, and I still haven't seen Shazam. Like, there's a bunch of movies that I'm going to put on before I put. And I don't really like Angelina Jolie. I'm sorry, uh. I don't. Like, she she bothers me. Mm. And I don't separate art from artist, Steve. You know that. Mm. I do. All right, so let's go. Let's go on to the Pixar list then, because we already we already touched on two. Syndrome. Right, um, Water Noose. What is it? What's his name? Is it like Mr. Water Noose or what? The, the Spider. No, the cra- yeah, the boss guy with the yeah the three legs that ends up being the bad guy in Monsters Inc. I haven't watched Monsters Inc. in like years. Oh, I don't remember anything about on, Monsters Inc. King, Water King, News. Can- King Candy. I love King Candy oh, so King much. Candy. <laughs> King Candy's a good one. We watch we watch Wreck It Ralph and Ralph breaks Wait, the internet. Wait, is Wreck It Ralph time. Pixar? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay. That's how all the Disney princesses are in the second <laughs> one, Steve. Oh, right, right, right. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah How do you think there was Star Wars stuff walking around in that movie? That's right. Okay, it's all it's all the mouse. The that big bear from Toy Story two, whatever. Uh, What? It's three. uh, Lots and Huggy Bear. Lotso. Lotso. Lotso's three. Who did the voice? Was that one of the? Was that one of the? uh, It's Ed Asner, isn't it? uh, Was it? Yeah, I'll put a dollar bet on that. I think you're probably right. I wanted to say it was one of the uh, Baldwins, but no, no. It's it's a guy that when you first hear his voice, you're like, "Oh, that's so warm and soothing," and then it has the villain turn, and you're like, that's, <laughs> "He's evil now." And then there's the scary Holocaust before they get almost yeah. throw, thrown oh into the incinerator. We God. haven't shown we haven't shown Brody that part yet. Like we just skipped <laughs> that part when we we're watching it with him. Like that's kind that of part scary. made me cry when I first watched Toy Story three. I don't know I how heard, old I was though. Was it three? The, yeah. the, the huggy bear thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second one is all when he gets kidnapped. When Woody the, gets kidnapped, the, the, the toy collector. collector. Steve, who's the oh, voice right. of the toy collector? It's Newman. It's Wayne. Oh, is it? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Wayne Knight. But yeah, Syndrome is probably. Lotso was Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. You should have took that dollar bet. I did. Uh, you I did thought. take it. You I did take a dollar. Probably... No, Maya. Maya, did I accept? <laughs> he no, said you didn't. He you said you're probably. You said you're probably right. There has to be. Yeah, Go you never said I'd take that dollar bet. You never That's said right. that. I thought it was a oh man semantics. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hopper and Bugs Life was pretty terrifying. Um, what's his name? James, I wouldn't uh, watch Bugs Life for a while either because Hopper scared me. Or have you revisited it? Yes. Recently, it's it, the animation's kind of crappy. Uh, it, yeah. That was one of the first Pixar, yeah. though, right? Like it was the first Pixar because was they it? tried to they tried to sell it to Disney and then Disney didn't want it. And I think that's what started Pixar, if I'm right, if I'm correct. That was the first the first independent one produced by the original the animators that left Disney. Yeah, it was 1980, 1998. Yeah, and it's dated. It's still good, but it's the animation's really, really dated. I just Dennis Leary as the male ladybug. <laughs> so good. Oh, and Kevin Spacey was Hopper. Oh, I was thinking it was William Defoe. So yeah. No, I was actually thinking. Wait, yeah. Kevin Spacey's Kevin got Spacey. a bunch on my villain list, but uh, Steve, you know my feeling about yeah, Kevin yeah. Spacey. One of the top villains for me of all time is Kaiser Soze. Kaiser Soze, you, yep. You get the double whammy of Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you get the whole traitor, not even traitor, but you just you don't see the villain until the you think he's somebody else. So good. That's all Christopher McQuarrie script. That's the guy that did the most recent Mission Impossible movies. Mm. Christopher McQuarrie's a badass. What are you doing, Steve? What are you looking up now? Nothing. You looking up Bugs Life? <laughs> I was. I was trying to figure out. Th- I thought what's his name was. Um, uh, why, am th- why am I spacing on his name? I don't know. Um, I'm trying Jim, to think of like other uh, Pixar movies. No, no. One of the he's. Uh, Give me something, Steve. Head cold. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I can picture his voice. He's got a real distinct voice. He's uh, James Jim. 
I got nothing, dude. Yeah, I can usually follow your breadcrumbs and all you're just giving yeah, me is he, but has, this is he has a distinctive voice. Um, not James Spader, not James McAvoy. James Brolin? No. Uh, James Cagney? No. James Gardner? Shit, no. I got nothing. Not Jim Carrey. No, not Jim Henson. Who were you looking for? I thought a guy. I thought I did a voice in one of these movies. Um, <laughs> one of them. One yeah, of one the of, many. One of many the Pixar movies. Well, so what? Ants. Who was the bad guy in Ants? I don't remember Ants at all. I remember the Ant Bully. I don't know why I liked that movie so much. I don't remember Ant really. I remember Ant was out a long time ago, wasn't it? No. Yeah, Ants was '98 too. So it yeah. came out. I think it was one of those race to get it out. Bugs yeah. Life versus Ants, Ants. versus B movie. <laughs> the B movie was, was before. Bad. Was it? Or no, not before. After, way after yeah. Bugs Life. Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> that was really good. It's, it's Jim. Jim. Give Parsons. me a Jim. 2007 was when the B movie was released. Oh wow. I don't Going know, Steve. Steve, you're giving me nothing. You said uh, name actors: James Brolin, James McAvoy. <coughs> no, Jim, he goes by Jim. Um, Jim Parsons. Jim. No, he does a lot of voice acting. He. Uh, Broadbent. No. No? Are you sure? No, he's 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 pretty famous. He's, Gaffigan. No, not Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Jim Jim Gaffigan. Sterling. Nope. Parsons? I don't know. I nope. just look Jim voice acting. He's like probably in the top ten most famous Jims. <laughs> From an actor perspective. From an actor's perspective. Uh, See, the problem that... Not my, you probably, When we start talking about other villains, like a lot of these movies you probably haven't seen. Or you don't uh. want to at least admit seeing <laughs> around, around, his, around my brother. Like, did you ever see No Country for Old Men? No. And Glorious Bastards? No. Leon, a.k.a. The Professional? No. Uh, Misery? No. Yeah, see. Those are all <laughs> up there for me, Steve. Christoph right. Waltz is the the, <coughs> the Jew hunter in Inglorious Bastards is one of my favorite villains of all time. He's so good in that movie, and, and he deserved the Oscar that he won that year. So, that's all. That's all I got to say. All right. I have a couple more categories that I want to throw out there. So we went through Pixar, Water New Syndrome, The Huggerberg, and Hopper. Captain and Candy. Which one? Captain Candy. Oh, yes. It's King Candy. Candy. King Candy, sorry. King Candy. <laughs> yeah. Who is the voice of King Candy, Steve? Um, it's the same guy who did the, 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 the robot in the last Star Wars movie. Um, yeah, it's Alan Tudyk. Tudyk, yeah. It's Steve the Pirate. Right, yeah, or, his voice, or, and then he did. He Tucker. he read, he or read Tucker. Trump quotes in, in King Candy's voice. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that Trump, video. Trump tweets. <laughs> so good. Steve, did you ever watch Tucker and Dale versus Evil that they told you to watch? No, uh, you would like that. That movie's hysterical. My, you would even enjoy that. It's not. There's nothing bad in it. There's some language and a little bit of gore, but it's a comedy it's, it's about this this group of teenagers that go to this cabin in the woods for like a weekend retreat and they come across these hillbillies huh. but it's 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 hysterical it's Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball and this other guy you would recognize as the two hillbillies and like a series of missteps happen where they think that, that these people murdered these kids and they huh. it's great cool I think it's on Netflix alright so what's, what's, what's your other categories? categories best Scooby Doo villain Oh, I don't come remember on. original. What do you mean? Come on! You didn't watch Scooby Doo? Yeah, all the Scooby Doo villains are all the Scooby Doo villains are like one note, one episode, and then they're done just yeah. because they want money or something. Like exactly. half. That's literally half a series. Yeah, if you're talking about the original series, Steve, it was always yeah, it was always a human villain, and it was always the same. It was a phantom. It was always a phantom. No, yeah, it was that dude dressed up like a phantom using, like, projections to make himself look but like a ghost. But it never got old. No. So. Come on, no. Minor it 49er. Didn't. The robot was kind of no. freaky. The no. mummy was kind of freaky. But they were all just people. They were all just dudes dressed up as it. Or girls, <laughs> and they all, they're, they're, 
they weren't malicious. They just wanted like money or property, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, I'm gonna scare these folks away from this house so they don't want to buy the house or something." I don't yeah. know. And they want money for it. I agree with Ryan. This is, a, this is a dumb category, Steve. Move on. All right. If, <laughs> if it weren't for you meddling kids. All right. Then I'm going to go. How about Looney Tunes villains? Well, it's got to be Marvin and Martian, right? I go with the Gossamer. Was that the big hairball? The big orange thing with <laughs> Chuck Taylors? <laughs> it was good. Or you could go well, with the, the angry opera singer. Kill the rabbit? That Kill was Elmer Fudd. That no. was Elmer Fudd. No. Do you remember where he made the guy hold the note until he choked himself? Oh, right. The, but the that angry... was Elmer yeah, Fudd. Was... No, it was not. I will put a dollar bet on that as well. But what's the bet? I will take the bet. It's not wrong. It's not Elmer Fudd that was the... That's... You're talking about the opera. I'm talking about the opera singer. What's opera doc? Yeah, when he when Bugs walks in as the opera conductor and holds his hand up until the guy has to hold the note and he goes outside and like has a drink of water and his hand's still there, he leaves the glove shaking. It's an opera singer. It's not I it's didn't not watch Fudd. very much Looney Tunes. I mean I watched some, but not very much. And you claim to like cartoons. Hey <laughs> Okay, I could An- not choose animated. my cartoon choices as Be like fair. a child. Be fair. Anime is cartoons, though. It is. Fair. Okay. I will fair fully enough. accept that. Fair enough. There, Mel Blanc did both characters in What's Opera Doc, Bugs Bunny, and Elmer Fudd as Siegfried. No. Yes. Look at the pictures. You're you're not looking at it properly. You're looking at it from a voice acting standpoint, Steve. Look at the one where he's holding the hands up. That is not Elmer Fudd singing the notes. The guy has hair. He has the spur. He has the sprig sticking off the hair or off the top. Oh, wait, so you're saying that guy? You're saying that guy's a villain? Yeah, memorable villain. Because he was the one that yells at Bugs at the beginning. That's why Bugs shows up as the conductor to put this guy through the ringer. All right, we're gonna have to revisit this one. Yeah, uh, you're, you're you're wrong. <laughs> I am. I, I will fight tooth and nail. Wrong. It's. No, but it's Elmer Fudd. It's just Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. That's it. It's just the two people that are in it. Huh. All right, moving on. So, Marvin the Martian, Elmer Fudd is always a bad guy uh, or a, a villain, and then of course the Gossamer with one of my favorite bad guys in, in anything because it's a big <laughs> ball of hair with with uh, with Chuck Taylors. How about we uh, look at it through modern colored glasses and throw Pepe Le Pew up there? Because that dude's a villain. You look at that through modern colored glasses. Yeah, that dude you're right. All, you're right. <laughs> it was all up in that female skunk's business for no reason. <laughs> well, it wasn't even a female skunk. It was a it was a cat with a stripe down its back, paint down its back. Same, same difference. Right now is. I have yeah. no idea what you guys are talking about. Okay, Pepe. I, I, Le, you know Pepe Le Pew, the French skunk from Looney Tunes. He was very he what and what Chris is saying is in the 1940s when it was made, uh-huh. the the standards for maybe for sexual harassment are different than today's standards. Oh. And Pepe, Pepe Le Pew was very pushy with the uh, the 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 other skunk with the female skunks and female cats. That's his point. That's it's villainous by today's standards. And I would oh. agree. I would, I would oh, agree. okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. That he's a horrible, horrible person. <coughs> Who me or the Pepe Le Pew? No, no. Yeah, Pepe Le Pew in in retros. Jesus. I'm sorry, we're no. both. We're, like, yeah, we're gonna, to, we're gonna have to wrap this up. Like, There's not uh, running down my mine, mine too. Yeah. Steve, click on that link I just sent you. That is not friggin' Elmer Fudd. Yeah, but that's not from what's Opera Doc. I didn't say what's Opera Doc. I said the the opera singer. That's what I said. Oh, uh, okay. Well, then that's a tie. That's a default. Because <laughs> I was talking about what's off or not. You, miss, you misheard me. But anyways. You misspoke. All right. No. Chris, Maya, yeah. anything else to huh. add about villainy? Anything? Any, you feel like you've made your, you've yes. made your, made your point Whoa. on villainy? <laughs> no. Whoa. Yes. I have something. Okay. Um, okay. Younger brothers are villains, by the way. I texted that Chris <laughs> earlier in the week. I agree so. with that sentiment. That statement. <laughs> has to do with perspective. <laughs> um, okay. So, there's... I, I'm on... 
the internet a lot, and... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, I go to a lot of spaces, and there are people all over the internet talking about whether villains are A, redeemable, or B, um, sim- like, you're able to sympathize with them, or, like, they call apologists, or, poli- like, you know, if they've They're done something... apologizing some- for you know, the villain? Yeah, like, okay. sympathizing with them, and if that's, like, allowed. I'm doing air quotes, but you can't see it. And, um, like, if they had, like, the tragic backstory. Why don't we talk about, like, if a villain, ha- like, kills their entire family and then, like, is in bad places and then gets all worked up into this thing and people are feeling bad for the villain, is it bad? Like, is it... I've had this discussion with so many people and I've heard, like, different opinions on it. Do they... So, dis- so instead of hero worship, you're talking about almost like vil- villain worship? Yeah, where- villain worship. Villain, sure. like, whoop Maybe not worship, but at least you, you emphasize to the point where... Like... Maybe you don't hold them accountable for their actions. Let's pick, yes, on, Darth, let's yes. pick, on, let's pick on Darth Vader, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, single, single parent home, right? Came mm-hmm. up with some trauma. A little um, bit. He tried to, you know, he was he was kind of redeemed, taken out of a, a bad uh, situation. Mom gets killed by a bunch of Tuscan raiders. Um, well, I was skipping too far ahead. Uh, or you know, and then he um, he's trying to save the love of his life from from dying, and and in so he discovers darkness and he embraces it. And he becomes a bad guy and he can't return until ultimately he's redeemed at the end of Jedi, uh, where he saves his son from the Emperor. Yeah, but between that point, there are so many deaths, so can you, like, sympathize with Darth Vader, or can you, like, not, I'm trying to use You can empathize, you can empathize with empathize. him, and you can understand why he is what he, it doesn't make it yeah. okay, though. Like, it never makes it okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what I've he did people... was never okay, but at the end, he redeemed himself so that he was not, he did not maybe die a complete villain in the eyes of his, of Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. right? So... But like I'm. Does taking, that answer your question? What question? Well, but I, mean. I was just talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> but like going back to the one series I'm into really right now, like there's this extremely traumatized child, and he gets picked up, and by this person who wants him to do all these things, and they're not moral actions. He's like, oh, do what you want, but you also have to kill people to get like food. And stuff. Anyway, it's this whole situation. And people, once they found that out, they went from, ooh, this is a disgusting villain, why is he like this? And, no, we want the heroes to win, too. Shig- like, the character's name is Shigaraki. Shigaraki did nothing wrong. But he has mm. done stuff wrong. No, because and- you would say he was immoral. Even though the he was put in a bad situation, he was actually immoral. You would, say, you would argue that he's a villain. Now... Can he be redeemed? Of course, everybody can be redeemed. If we learn anything, mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a powerful story too, where the villain could become the hero. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That, There's a lot of situations that have similar backstories, but they didn't choose villainy. They chose yeah. to be heroic in those. So necessarily empathizing with a villain isn't necessarily wrong unless you misunderstand the motivations or or misunderstand the, the the character itself. Like the, there's a lot of times, like when there's massive violence around the world, and that it gets associated with things that really, just because the person watched it earlier that week, does not mean that it influenced them yeah. the way it should have been. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so. and everybody's stories, you, you know, remarkably unique. Look at Luke Skywalker. I'm gonna keep because everybody just gets that. You know, that's the most simplified. You know, archetypes for villains sure. and good and evil and all that. He mirrored a lot of what Darth Vader. He was an orphan. Um, his aunt and uncle were were murdered by the Empire. Mm-hmm. He gets whisked away into a, a galactic space battle. Never once does he does yes, he jack he does. anybody up. Well, no, but he's tempted. I mean, he kills that's, a bunch of stormtroopers. I mean, those you know no, those no, guys no, are completely that, innocent. That's <laughs> not even when the 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 tempting of turning. To, you know what I mean? Like the whole idea of Vader trying to tempt him to the dark side. Like he considers it for a second. 
but he doesn't. But he doesn't <laughs> take the same the same journey. I'm not gonna lie, Steve. I I think that the backstory to Vader that was shown in the prequels ruined. Well, not necessarily ruined because it's not gonna change who Vader is. But I think cheapened Vader for me. Like when I do a top five list, I don't put Vader on it anymore, unless we're only going to compartmentalize the original trilogy because hey, the the motivation like the Jake Lloyd Phantom Menace ugh, no thanks and Anakin then Hayden Christensen as Anakin like no thanks maybe sometimes we don't need it all explained I think that's one of the, the one of the the things that I always like is the vague backstory because we fill in our own our own holes in the story and what we think is usually way worse than what is shown on on screen and sometimes i like that that's why i still to this day love the joker and i i will take as many different iterations as possible about explaining who he is that's why i love the heath ledger version because he changed his backstory every time he told it so it constantly kept you guessing right but people misunderstood that and and take that as an excuse for violence and that's not yeah what i ever want yeah, and I think that's the thing is, no, like, was the, sometimes it doesn't matter what the backstory is. You can't, like, you can't forgive what they've done, but you also can give them an opportunity to redeem themselves. Like, yeah. I think that's the thing. Until you're dead, I mean, most people, you know, they burn through all their chances. The Joker's burned through all his chances, but there was a chance he redeems himself. Yeah. So, well, Steve, but, uh, question, and that doesn't question undo it. It's not an undo button, right? It's not Control Z. It doesn't undo what was done. In your in your opinion, who is the villain of Silence of the Lambs? I don't know. Maya's probably well. Hopefully, isn't, hasn't seen Silence no. of the Lambs yet. But I mean, I'm just saying Hannibal 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 Lecter. But is it really? I mean, you could argue Hannibal Lecter is not the villain. I, he's not. To me, he's not the villain. It's Buffalo Bill. Yep. But but so that means that the person that is eating people. He was locked in prison for eating his whatever it was, the finance, his financier or whatever it is. Like, <coughs> right. It, it isn't the villain of the story. And the, the people always, because he was the most captivating character in it, everyone always just associates he's the villain. So that's why I always bring it up. Like, that's to me, Buffalo Bill's the villain. And he's just, Hannibal Lecter is the, is the, the tool that Clary Starling uses to capture it. That's a good point. Yeah, you're right. They're trying to catch the bad guy, and the bad guy at the, at least in that story arc. In Greg, that keep story. in mind, everything is in stories interweave. But there's a, there's like there's a complete story to Hannibal that he's the bad guy. But in that yeah. particular story, Silence of the Lambs, you're right. He was Buffalo helpful. Bills. Yeah, he was helpful. He was he more was, helpful than the FBI agents. He was he redeeming was himself with. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why that's why the concept of villains and villainy is such a, one of those great topics that you can expunge on for hours and hours yeah. and hours. That's what I mean. Like that's why when we first started talking about it, I was like, I at least need parameters to keep <laughs> no arguments. At least, yeah, exactly, exactly. No monsters. No monsters. Animal. No beasts. Yeah. The jaw. That was good. That was a good call. Yeah. The jaw right. shark has done nothing wrong ever. <laughs> has done nothing wrong. Exactly. Except in the fourth one where it traveled to Jamaica to kill what? him. What? Yeah, yeah. You haven't seen the rest? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, apparently by the fourth one, his like brother, who was really big, uh, got pissed off that this family killed his brothers up in New England. So it followed them to Jamaica and attacked this single family. What? The, that, that's a villain because it has Conscious thoughts. It. it has <laughs> malice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It had, yes, it had, it had revenge on its mind, which is not an animal trait. Animals don't seek revenge. But that's why a reptilian brain that acts on whatever like impulse survival survival impulse jaws for the revenge (laughs) sharks don't feel revenge it's just (coughs) but i have a whole bunch still on my list that we haven't even broached on is loki a villain Uh, Mm, yes uh, he he no he sure is in the first avengers yeah he is is the villain past that like past that now is he a villain Longborn television, basically. Like yeah. 20, 22 Marvel movies. I, he's not in all of them, but that's basically long form television. Mm-hmm. The, the cinematic universe. But then there's a whole bunch that you've never gone. Cyrus, Steve Cyrus, the virus from Con Air. Oh, yeah. It was really good. Was that, um, uh, what's his name? 
I'm not good with names today because I got a head cold. Um, Malkovich. Malkovich, yeah, yeah. Malkovich is so Cyrus good. The virus. I, Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they make him out to be the black hat, the bad guy, but yeah, he's the Russian. He's clearly the villain. It's yeah. the '80s. That's uh, true. Any of the Tannins from Back to the Future? Biff. Oh yeah, Biff, Biff family. Yeah, Biff, yeah. Griff. A- any of them? Like his older, yeah. his older uncle or Griff yeah. or whoever it was from the third one. Yeah, they had that the power seeking, and they were immoral. Yeah, completely. The sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yep. Another great Alan Rickman villain turn. I love him so much. The Colonel Tovington, which is Jason Isaac from The Patriot. I don't remember that. I know. I, mean, I, know, I know The Patriot. I, I have Red Skull solely just because. Uh, what's his name's accent? His accent is based off of Werner Herzog, who's a director that I love, and he's got this really bizarre German accent, and that's what he based the accent on. Dark Helmet. Dark Helmet <laughs> from the Spaceballs. Oh yeah. He's the villain, of course. Yeah, but Caster or uh, Shooter McGavin from Billy Madison. He's the villain. Yeah, he is. You're right. Got Cast Caster Troy from Face Off. No. <laughs> wow, we're going. You're going deep on Travolta today, aren't you? That's well, technically, yeah, I guess. Or Nicolas Cage. But then the last one I have, just because he, Rucker Howard passed away, is Roy Batty from Blade Runner. He was so good. That whole speech at the end of Blade Runner was improv by him on set. And it's one of like the most iconic speeches of all time. I can actually do it from memory. So there. Okay, well, the we'll save that for a future episode where Chris does in person. Oh, go, go ahead, Maya. What? What did you say? I have the first part of the B-movie script memorized. <laughs> do you really? <laughs> yeah. How According is that? We only watched it like once. <laughs> According to all known laws of aviation, there is no way a bee should be able to fly. Its little tiny wings are too small for it. Wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's cheating. She's looking it up. I'm not. I'm not. There is no way a bee should be able to fly. Its tiny little wings are too small to lift its fat little body off the ground. But bees don't care what humans think and fly anyway. Yellow, black, yellow, black, yellow, black, yellow, black, black and yellow. Let's switch it up a little bit. <laughs> Barry, come downstairs. Breakfast is ready. Okay, Mom. <laughs> Barry, the use the seat. stairs. We paid good money for those. I can't believe you're going off to college already. And on a perfect report card, all bees. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, even, that's nerdy for me. Wow. <laughs> wow, Maya, you've done me proud. That was, that was, also, that was I can do the entire... Um, you, I, I showed you it. I can do the entire first scene from season two, episode twenty-five of My Hero Academia, where Shigaraki meets Dabby and Toga. I can do that entire scene without looking at the the the, the, the animation by voice. I did that in front of you. I was so proud of myself. I know. <laughs> this is this is a true thing. This is a true thing. Fair enough. So. See, she's a gigantic nerd too, Steve. Being nerdy is not a bad does, thing. It does not fall look, far from the tree. My, he always does that. He always like, yeah, this is my brother. He's super nerdy. And he says it like I'm supposed to be <laughs> insulted. And I'm like, yeah, you damn I right I am. you damn right I am. All right, so we'll wrap this up because I it will, this is a put, the way to put a bow on this, Chris, and my is last night at dinner, we were talking about, I think Charlie brought up Leroy Jenkins right, from, World <laughs> War, from World of Warcraft. And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I was like, I used to play World of Warcraft. And Maya said, Leroy Jenkins, that is so dead. If dad knows about it, it's dead. I was talking specifically about internet memes because Charlie says that all the time. And I'm like, Charlie, that's dead because dad knew about it. And now (laughs) you know about it. And so everybody knows about it. So it's dead. I know. I knew about Leroy Jenkins way but like right when it happened because I used to play World of Warcraft. Yeah, I know. and, And second of all, you know, that whole thing was staged, right? Of course. Mm-hmm. No, I'm asking. Yeah, like the whole thing. Like he did it in a room that people didn't know, but it was all staged and it was recorded by a bunch of multiple different people and stuff like that. Like it was all fake. So it's still on funny. your Le- on your Leroy it was funny. Like it's still funny when anytime yeah. you do something completely stupid and getting a bunch of people in trouble, you can yell that and it's still funny. But yeah, no, I agree with you, Maya. Steve's uncool. Whoa, whoa, that's not what she said. That's not what she said. 
All right. With that, we're going to wrap up Season 7, Episode 6 of Match Wits. You can follow us on Twitter at Match Wits. You can go to our website, matchwits.com. Uh, Maya doesn't like to share her with her uh, no, father bye. or her, her uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and with that, uh, Chris, take us out. I bid you adieu. All right. See ya. See ya.